It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The year of the dragon. It's exciting to see so many people show up in the bad weather. The rain not putting a damper on Lunar New Year festivities as tens of thousands celebrate in Vancouver's Chinatown. The ups and downs of a lifetime in policing. I've seen too many friends die. Retiring RCMP Superintendent Dale Carr's message for the next generation of officers. Keeping Hollywood North at the top. We're all very excited to see this here in Vancouver. The innovative new filmmaking technology aimed at bringing even more major productions to BC. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thank you for joining us. Tens of thousands of people packed Vancouver's Chinatown today, marking the 50th anniversary of the Lunar New Year Parade in a community that hopes to be making a comeback after years of struggle. Angela Jung has the story. Tens of thousands lining the streets of Chinatown to ring in the Year of the Dragon. We are first time here, so it's, we are very excited. Just moved to Canada. I've never been here before, so I just wanted to see how it's like. It's cool. It's better than I thought it would be. Organizers anticipating more than 100,000 people are here enjoying the festivities. The Chinatown Cultural Center organized the first Chinatown Spring Festival Parade in 1973. This year marks the 50th anniversary. Yuan Lam remembers being at the very first parade and has witnessed the event grow. To see the community supporting the the event, even though rain or shine, it doesn't really matter, right? So it's the spirit is, is still here. Because you see so many different groups, it's way more than in 1970. Various organizations and performances along the parade route. Some familiar faces too. It's pretty fun. You get to enjoy like a bunch of people smiling. I like the dragons dragons of all sizes and ages. For some, enjoying the festivities is a family tradition. I used to come out when I was a kid with my father in the 80s. It feels good to come out with my children today. Last year, Vancouver City Council approved the uplifting Chinatown Action Plan to enhance cleaning, graffiti removal and community supports. The province also pledged more than $2 million for revitalization efforts. The transformation and the work that's going to happen down here will not only restore Chinatown to its former glory, but take it well beyond that. And the only way it can happen is if we all work together. There's a lot to say about solidarity. Um, it's cultural solidarity, but economic solidarity for revitalizing the neighborhood here in Chinatown. Fitting as the Year of the Dragon is seen to be especially auspicious. Angela Jung, Global News. 
An early morning apartment fire in Vancouver has sent one person to hospital. Just after 6 this morning, firefighters responded to flames coming out of a third floor unit in this building on East 45th and Nanaimo Street. Crews contained the blaze to one unit. They found one person inside in serious condition. Firefighters could be seen performing CPR on the victim. The fire service says the incident is a good reminder to have a working smoke alarm outside of each bedroom. The Victoria Fire Department is reminding residents to check for fire hazards after a home under renovation was destroyed in a large fire. Flames began shooting out of this home in the 1600 block of Warren Gardens around 6.30 Friday night. Crews had to use an aerial attack to suppress flames coming from the attic. Once the flames were under control, firefighters moved inside to extinguish the blaze. Investigators believe the fire was accidental. Everyone inside made it out safely. And a fire has completely destroyed a trailer in Courtney. Fire crews responded to reports of a structure fire just after 11 Saturday night on Braidwood Avenue. When they arrived, they found a trailer engulfed in flames with heavy smoke. Crews immediately began extinguishing the fire. No one was inside the trailer at the time. The blaze has since been contained and an investigation is underway. Crews deployed a couple lines and started extinguishment. Uh, it was met by the owner on scene. Nobody was inside the structure. Uh, crews worked to extinguish for a while and uh, we are here now just in the mop-up stages. The Kelowna Fire Department responded to a house fire in the middle of the night. Around 2 o'clock this morning, the fire department was called out to the 700 block of Matt Road. When crews arrived, they found heavy smoke and flames coming from a window on the second floor. Firefighters knocked down the blaze before it spread to nearby homes. All occupants were out of the home. The cause of the fire is under investigation. The emergency department at Nicola Valley Hospital in Merritt will be closed for 24 hours beginning Monday. According to Interior Health, the closure is due to limited physician availability. The ER will be unavailable from 8 a.m. tomorrow to 8 Tuesday morning. IH says patients can access care at Royal Inland Hospital in Kamloops or call 911. For a generation of British Columbians, Dale Carr was the face and voice of the Lower Mainland RCMP, helping the public make sense of some of the worst crimes and tragedies our region has seen. As Grace Key reports, after a career spanning four decades, Carr is retiring and passing on advice to the next generation of officers. Uh, that individual is currently in our custody. He's facing a number of charges. After a 37-year career, RCMP Superintendent Dale Carr is retiring. He was the face of the force for more than two decades, speaking on high-profile cases such as the Surrey Six murders, the Lower Mainland Gang War, and the Robert Jakansky YVR death involving the use of conducted energy weapons. The Zakansky whole Zakansky mess was, uh, you know, was exhausting and tiring and uh, wearing. Initial misinformation to the media was not immediately corrected. A public inquiry into the Polish immigrants' death would reveal the truth. There were some reports and some, some political cartoons that were drawn of me, calling me uh, a liar and a stonewaller. And uh, I took that very seriously. And when uh, Justice um, Braidwood um, said in his report that he felt I did not lie, that felt very good to me. Over the years, his duties included working in the Surrey Traffic Unit, Langley Crime Reduction Unit and Bike Squad, and his final position as superintendent at BC Highway Patrol in charge of operations. Being involved in investigations where somebody has done something horrific and being able to hold someone responsible um, 
is is the most fulfilling part of this job. As a police officer, Carr says you see a lot of terrible, terrible things that the average person doesn't. For anyone considering a policing career, Carr says you need to take care of your mental health. We're all humans and we're vulnerable and we have emotions and uh, you just can't keep it bottled up because um, tragic, tragic things happen and uh, living with PTSD can be difficult. And I've seen too many friends die. The law enforcement tradition continues with his daughter following in his footsteps. You know, this is a calling, this type of work. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you just want to help people. Carr says he and his wife will enjoy spending time with their three grandchildren. Grace Key, Global News. Still ahead, the effort to make a White Rock landmark more accessible. A city councillor is putting forward a motion for changes to the White Rock Pier and Promenade. And the cutting-edge filmmaking technology now offered in Vancouver with the hope of cementing BC as a major film hub. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code POD. That's ShipStation.com with the code POD. A state-of-the-art soundstage set to be the backdrop in big blockbuster films has just finished construction in B.C., aiming to keep the province on the industry's cutting edge. The $15 million Burnaby studio hosted some of the country's leading cinematographers today, and our Cassidy Moscone got a peek behind the scenes. You're in space, another world, and back down to earth in a day. But really... You're in South Burnaby. It's wonderful to have this technology in BC. It really opens up a lot of opportunities when you can't travel to uh, another place. You can literally bring uh, those locations to a soundstage like this. Step into Versatile Media's new state-of-the-art LED soundstage. The $15 million facility just finished construction and is promising to position BC as an industry leader in virtual productions. And to have you know, producers and directors from all over the world who hear about a stage like this and are like, I want to go film in Vancouver. Canada's best cinematographers and filmmakers attending a masterclass on the Tech Sunday. It's new to Burnaby, but already being used in blockbusters around the globe. Barbie used it, you know, we know Star, we know, uh, Star Wars used it, uh, The Last Airbender. Technology promising to slash budgets, not jobs. I don't have to pay to fly, you know, A-listers all over the world anymore. I'm thinking about pollution and sustainability. We've got all our work trucks out here. It really uh, feels like the future of the industry for sure. The whole facility spans 44,000 square feet. There's more than 16,000 LED panels covering the walls and ceiling. That's what creates this giant three-dimensional screen. The advancement of technology is moving so quickly forward, which is why a workshop in this space, as we're doing today, is so critical to keep the uh, workforce in the sort of hundreds of people that are involved in creating uh, virtual production and keeping it going. Cassidy Moscone, Global News. 
Harsher penalties could be on the way for massage parlors in Richmond, but not everyone's happy with the city's plans. Swan Vancouver, a nonprofit organization that supports the safety of migrant and immigrant women in indoor sex work, says Richmond is forcing women away from licensed businesses to more dangerous locations. Massage parlors are legal in Canada, but purchasing sex work is prohibited. City Council is proposing to escalate enforcement on establishments breaking the rules. One Richmond City Councillor says recent city-led raids have found infractions at six locations and that it's time to take action. So I'm not going after the women, but I am going after the people that are making a profit from these women. These are not peer-driven body rub parlors. These are not not-for-profit body rub parlors. These are for-profit body rub parlors run by unsavory individuals that are exploiting the women. Richmond's Community Safety Committee is set to discuss the proposal on Tuesday. Langford City Council has approved a motion to explore a lawsuit against the province over growing disorder on our streets. It does seem somewhat harsh. However, the results of what has happened as a result of these downloads are harsh. Councillors say they're grappling with complicated issues such as housing affordability, public health and crime, but without the revenues to pay for them, they argue the province is responsible for offering those essential services, so they're looking at a lawsuit to force the province to properly fund health and mental health services. The mayor opposed the motion, arguing it would hurt his efforts to work with the province on long-term solutions. The famous White Rock Pier is getting one step closer to being made more accessible for all. White Rock City Councillor Ernie Klassen will ask staff to investigate the cost of making the pier wheelchair friendly. That could include the use of mats over the wooden planks. The motion comes after a plea from wheelchair-bound residents in late January asking for better accessibility of the pier. He adds now is the right time. There's a few piers across the country that have done this now, and one also in Santa Monica, California. And so um, we've realized that our pier is, uh, is a pier that um, is difficult for people on wheelchairs. The wheels get stuck in between the planks. So um, now that we're, we're trying to make White Rock as accessible as possible, uh, we're looking at, at this as an option. Tonight, landmarks across Metro Vancouver will be lit up in red, raising awareness for the 211 helpline. In BC, dialing 211 will connect you with an operator who can assist with social, government and community services. Since April 2023, 211 has seen a 19% increase in call volumes, with citizenship, human rights and employment questions being most commonly asked. 211 operators can provide both short-term and long-term solutions to problems British Columbians may be facing. In addition to increased call volumes, there is also an increase in the conversation time. So before COVID, it was uh, one phone call lasted about five minutes. And this year, the average length is, is uh, nine minutes. So it has almost doubled. 211 is free, confidential, and provides phone call and text message service 24 hours a day. 
Two indigenous nations north of Prince George are coming together. The McLeod Lake Indian Band and Olcacho First Nation have signed a strategic alliance vowing to work together to encourage long-term developments on their lands. We get this story from CKPG News. Representatives from the McLeod Lake Indian Band, Alcacho First Nation, various business groups and others were present in Prince George on Thursday afternoon to witness the signing of a strategic alliance agreement between McLeod Lake and Alcacho. Chief Linda Price of the Alcacho First Nation says that this agreement will allow for strong economic opportunities for both nations. It's such a wonderful day for us to witness the ceremony. It's an opportunity for Algacho um, First Nation to um, partner with various um, companies and to look forward to economic opportunity that will help build, not only build the capacity, but also provide economic opportunity and jobs. Chief Harley Chinji of the McLeod Lake Indian Band says that this agreement will allow both nations to seize on opportunities that previously may not have been available. There's currently a big mine that's going in there, New Gold, I think it's called. And um, also the Department of the Highways wants to build a big uh, six-meter uh, off-highway road down from Algacho to connect to the Banner Roof roads down that way. So that in itself is a big, big opportunity for us. Chief Chinji also said that this alliance will go a long way to build trust between nations and between industry and the private sector. It builds trust between nations because a lot of times you talk about industry just uh, showing up and then leaving the next day kind of thing in terms of business, making their money, leaving. We're going to be here for a long time and we realize that the Algacho Nation ain't moving either so they're going to be around for a bit. Both the Alcacho Group of Companies and the Dezcho Group of Companies say that the ceremonial signing signifies a shared commitment to sustainable and impactful project development. The Dezcho Group of Companies is 100% owned by the McLeod Lake Indian Band, and the Alcacho Group of Companies is the economic and business development arm of the Alcacho First Nation. Adam Burles, CKPG News. Today marks the International Day of Women and Girls in Science, a time to celebrate female achievements and look ahead at how to create more female representation in the field of science and tech. In the growing field of cybersecurity, women are expected to represent just 30% of the workforce by 2025. Experts say while there is change in the field, many barriers are present for females in a male-dominated workplace. Specifically, we need women. We've there have been multiple studies that have been done, uh, one out of uh, University of Montreal in Quebec, that showed that when women are on the board, specifically with, with uh, cybersecurity backgrounds, those boards tend to make decisions that are, are less, uh, less risky, um, that have enhanced ethical standards, and that have you know, less fraudulent practices. In an effort to introduce girls to science and tech careers, elementary education now incorporates STEM-related games and lessons. Still to come, civilians in Gaza on edge. An attack on Rafah, where more than one million people have taken refuge, is imminent. Some now looking at Canada for help. Meanwhile, Iran marks 45 years since the Islamic Revolution. Iran's president using the day to hurl accusations at the U.S. and its involvement in the Israel-Hamas war. Tragedy in southern Manitoba as police investigate the deaths of five people, including three children. 
Police say they were called this morning to a hit and run near the town of Carmen, south of Winnipeg, where a woman was lying in a ditch. She died at the scene. About two hours later, three children were pulled from a burning car but died on a rural highway. That's where police arrested a 29-year-old man. And this afternoon, a woman was found dead in a home in Carmen. It is believed that the adult male in custody and all five deceased individuals are known to each other. Again, this is a tragic day for so many people who have lost a loved one today for the community of Carmen and for this province. There are many questions which still need to be answered and can be assured our officers are working and gathering information so we can speak to them. A refugee couple in Rafa, Gaza, expecting their second child next week, is pinning their hopes on Canada to find a safe place for what they expect will be a difficult birth. The couple are among 1.4 million refugees crowded up against the Egyptian border, nervous about Israel's next move. David Aiken has this report. As the rain comes down in Rafa, refugees find shelter among tents made of plastic sheets. And here, Steps from the border with Egypt, Lama and Nadal Zakut seek safety. Lama, 22 years old, is due to give birth next week to the couple's second child, a birth that will have to be by C-section. I am filled with fear of the state I will be in later on, Lama says. When the war started, the couple lived in the north. Nadal worked as a nurse at Al-Shifa Hospital. Where will I go next, Nadal says. There is no hospital left suitable for my wife's delivery. Nadal has a sister in Montreal, a Canadian citizen, and she applied six weeks ago for a temporary resident visa to bring the couple to Canada. I urge the Canadian government and the Minister of Immigration to take an immediate action to evacuate Lama Zakut. A spokesperson for Immigration Minister Mark Miller said that while they were unable to comment on specific cases, Canada is processing applications from Canadians who, like Russia, have family members in Gaza but that right now it is difficult, if not impossible, to get them out of Gaza. Lama and Nadal are among 1.4 million refugees that the UN believes is now swelling Rafa at that closed Egyptian border crossing. And many are nervous about Israel's next move. Can't just disappear. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, in an interview on ABC's This Week, vowed to attack Hamas units in Rafa but somehow evacuate civilians ahead of the assault. Uh, we're going to do it while providing safe passage for the uh, civilian population so they can leave. Netanyahu believes there is space north of Rafah to move civilians. And if that happens, it will be the fifth time Nadal and Lama have been forced to flee since the war began. They would rather make that fifth move to Canada. But there is no answer from them, Nadal says. And they are our only hope. David Aiken, Global News, Ottawa. Iran is marking the 45th anniversary of the 1979 Islamic Revolution. Thousands of Iranians marched through the streets of capital Tehran. President Ebrahim Raisi marked the occasion in a televised speech accusing the United States of supporting the Israeli offensive in Gaza. The anniversary of the Iranian Revolution comes amid growing tensions in the Middle East. Israel's four-month-old war on Hamas has rippled across the region, with groups backed by Iran mounting attacks on Israeli and U.S. targets.
More controversy from Republican presidential frontrunner Donald Trump last night, this time over the security of NATO if he's re-elected. While campaigning in South Carolina, Trump suggested he would not defend NATO allies behind on their defense spending, even against a theoretical Russian invasion. I said, you didn't pay, you're delinquent. He said, yes, let's say that happened. No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. The former U.S. president was recollecting a conversation he claims to have had with a world leader at a NATO meeting. In a statement, NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg responded to Trump's remarks, saying any suggestion that allies will not defend each other undermines all of our security. Well, after the break, Christie's here with the forecast. A rainy one today, but that's not a problem for people indoors at Super Bowl parties. And with the Super Bowl comes Super Snacks. We'll tell you which finger food is expected to reign supreme this year. A wet and snowy commute for many traveling around the Okanagan today. Snow began falling overnight, and with the mild temperatures, it made for some wet and slushy driving conditions. A snowfall warning was in effect this afternoon for the North and Central Okanagan, as well as the Shuswap and Thompson regions. Kelowna RCMP tell Global News these driving conditions tend to lead to an increase in motor vehicle issues and are advising motorists to increase distance between vehicles and avoid unnecessary travel. Well, in Metro Vancouver, there wasn't any snow, but there was a lot of rain. Senior meteorologist Christy Gordon joins us with more. Christy. Good evening. Thanks so much, Travis. Yes, so certainly a wet one across the lower mainland today. We had a rainfall warning in effect. It has now ended. However, we're still expecting some rain overnight. The snowfall warnings for most of the interior regions have also ended, as has the one for Whistler. But we're still expecting some snow overnight. It's just not warning criteria. But here's a look at the chance of rainfall for Metro Vancouver. It stays high overnight and drops down quickly tomorrow morning. But your commute to work could likely still be impacted as we're still expecting that rain through the early morning hours before it drops down late morning and stays low late tomorrow with a clearing trend on the way through much of the next week. In fact, we've got sunshine on the way. So you can see that the band of snowfall now shifting out of the province, still impacting this evening areas like the Columbia region, Caribou Central Interior as well. But we will continue to see this trend of clearing on the way as we head into tomorrow. So heads up, I know a lot of you will want to be taking advantage of this snow. If you're headed to Whistler tonight, we're still expecting 5 to 10 centimeters of snow and still snowfall potentially through the early morning hours. So if you're getting up early to head to the mountains, be aware of that. But clearing is expected by late morning. Coquihalla 5 to 10 as well. Early morning snowfall tomorrow morning. The area that I'm most concerned for tomorrow morning's commute will be the Allison Pass region. I do expect the snowfall to linger a little bit longer in that region and you can see that here. So this is this evening shifting out and still expecting some snow in the far southern regions tomorrow morning. Metro Vancouver, some rainfall. Uh, Nanaimo, Victoria as well. Still some rainfall during the early morning hours before it clears out completely. Sunshine is expected Monday, Tuesday, although we'll see a few flurries shift across the region, Columbia, Kootenai region on Tuesday. In the meantime, this is your forecast. Cold and clear across the northern areas. Very cold tomorrow morning in Fort St. John with wind chills of minus 17. Clearing trend on the way for those areas and lots of sunshine for Vancouver Island. Metro Vancouver, Victoria, Nanaimo still expecting some rainfall tomorrow morning early, but then it shifts out fairly quickly and we'll be left with sunshine. So the big question is, when will we get more snow? We got some nice snow on the local mountains and the south coast mountains today. Same for the interior mountains. 
mountains as well. But when we look at the long range right now, beyond tomorrow morning, we don't have much moisture in the forecast. Sure will be nice, though, with temperatures near seasonal or slightly above and sunshine. Travis, back to you. Okay, thanks, Christy. The Super Bowl usually brings a super spread of food, but like most years, the wing is still king. Forget the nachos, the ribs, and the chips and dip. Canadians are expected to eat more than 80 million wings today. Buffalo wings are typically the most popular flavor, although that was eclipsed slightly last year by honey barbecue. And if you're surprised by the sheer number of wings, here's some perspective. Americans will eat about 1.4 billion chicken wings today. Hundreds of people in Coquitlam gathered to watch Super Bowl 58 featuring the Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers. Bars and pubs across the region packed with football fans, Swifties and those just excited for Usher's halftime performance. This year's game is being played at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Yeah, and Barry joins us now, and uh, you've been watching this game. Yeah, it's been a bit of a dud. Uh, we knew Taylor would be a big story on Sunday, but we didn't realize it'd be Nick Taylor from Abbotsford because uh, his, his sport was 100 times more exciting and dramatic than what the Super Bowl has done. Nick Taylor, when he won the Canadian Open last year, said he did not want to be a one-hit wonder, and he backed it up today with another amazing win in a playoff in kind of his hometown as well of Phoenix. He's lived there uh, as a pro for about the last 13 years and of course he won in Canada so he loves to uh, win in front of the hometown. So big highlights of that. The Canucks won in overtime and if we have time we'll show you some Super Bowl. If we have time. <laughs> if we have time. Sounds good. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Thanks Barry. And still to come, making plant-based meat tastier with animal products. It sounds counterintuitive but a Montreal company says it's found a way to add flavorful animal fat to meat alternatives without harming any animals. Stay with us. Meat alternatives have been on grocery store shelves now for a few years. Many Canadians have tried them, but not all stick with them. Fans say the products could offer potential environmental benefits if more people ate them. Some Canadians think they have a way to make the products tastier. And as Nathaniel Dove reports, the solution is animals, sort of. There's nothing quite like it, which might be the problem. Meat alternatives don't hurt animals and typically use fewer resources. Advocates pitch them as a more ethical, sustainable way to feed the world's population. But while the plant-based food market is growing, not all products are seeing the same kind of uptake, and it can be hard to replace the taste of meat. A Montreal startup thinks it has the solution, adding animal fat. You don't see the same juiciness, the same old beautiful feeling that we have evolved thousands of years to, to enjoy. The company Genuine Taste stresses its fat doesn't come from an animal that's died. It's grown in a lab from cells taken from a living cow. Exactly the same fat without harming animal. Puya Mamagani says it can renew wider interest in plant-based meat. An industry expert isn't so sure. The cost of things is really the driver here. And uh, I cannot see a large-scale adoption of these products until they come to scale. With animal-sourced cells, it may not be for all vegetarians, and definitely not for vegans. Marangoni says they're competing for meat-eaters' plates and wallets. Meat alternatives are usually more expensive. We're at the stage where the industry has to really, really, really look at this very seriously 
and, and work towards making it a more natural product, less expensive, or at least a par with meat. Health Canada hasn't approved any cultivated fat products yet. The U.S. approved cultivated chicken last year, but not cultivated fat. With climate change and a growing population, Marangoni says lab-grown food that appeals to more people could, one day, be part of the answer. Nathaniel Dove, Global News. A busy sports day today. The Super Bowl is the big story, of course, but the Canucks were also in action. A second straight morning game, a second straight overtime. Gary will have the highlights after the break. Lots to talk about in mm -hmm. sports today. Where do yeah. you want to start? Well, you know you've had a good day when you bump the Canucks in the Super Bowl from the top of the sports cast. So, uh, Nick Taylor around all those uh, great fans in BC, this is for you. Uh, thanks, Travis. Nick Taylor's been, well, pretty good in the clutch this past year. Of course, he won the Canadian Open in dramatic fashion last fall, but he's also been in contention in other tournaments, and even though he didn't win, came close and cashed some big checks. Last year, he finished runner-up in Phoenix to world number one Scotty Scheffler, and today Today, exactly a year later, he did one better, making a late charge to chase down Charlie Hoffman, beat him in a playoff in what was a master class of pressure shot making. Nick tied with Sahith Thigala when the final round began, but it would be uh, Scotty Scheffler and Charlie Hoffman who he would battle with. Nick didn't have a great start, but he made some great scramble pars. Then he got it going. The approach at six, I'd say that's pretty good, to within a foot. Also had birdies at 7 and 9, and he had the lead at 18 under. But he's got company. Charlie Hoffman went on a bit of a heater. This is for Eagle at the 13th, and he rolls it in. Hoffman post 21 under, shot 64-64 on the weekend, 14 under par. Meanwhile, Scotty Scheffler, the world number one, has won this tournament the last two years. He was making a lot of birdies, uh, birdies early on, made a few bogeys, but this was his best shot of the day, almost jars it at the par 3 16th, but Scheffler finished tied for third. Taylor needed to get busy, 15th hole, third shot on the par five, he was so good with his irons this week, and especially today, spins it back to within three feet, and he would birdie there to get to 19 under, so he's two back, three holes to go, but he needs to keep the pedal down. Now at the crazy 16th, 20,000 plus rabid fans. And all Nick does is hit a great shot to within five and a half feet. But he's got to make that putt. A lot of tricky putts on this green. A lot of guys have missed them and been booed for it, but not Nick Taylor. One off the lead after that birdie, two to play. Nerves of steel. He parred 17, so he had to birdie 18 to force a playoff. This from inside 10 feet for the tie. And he's got it. Just slid it in the side. This dude has a knack for the dramatic. We need overtime. You can see that just snuck in. But, man, he made every putt he had to down the stretch. First playoff hole, Taylor from 14 feet. Why not? This guy loves the competition as the steely eyes go in there. But Hoffman has a chance to match him with a birdie and stay alive. And he does. We play on. It's getting dark. That deserves a fist bump as the two move on. But Nick Taylor just has the flair for the dramatic. This is for the birdie and the win on the second playoff hole. And he does it again in a playoff. His fourth career PGA Tour win. Another 1.6 million in his pocket and just another impressive performance with the pressure on. Yeah, I tried to draw on last year. I 
I didn't have it early on. I made some ridiculous par saves. You know, that, that 18th tee shot's given me trouble in the past. And to, to hit three pretty good ones, you know, and birdie it three times is, is uh, amazing. I, I drew on that last putt, honestly, from last year. I had that putt when I finished second and um, saw the line. And, you know, I obviously was seeing the lines great all week, so it was amazing that I went into. You've got your son in your arms, your wife and baby girl next to you. How special is it to celebrate this one with family? It's, it's the best. You know, it came open, they weren't there, and it's killing me, but this is, this is amazing. Congrats to Nick. He is a great guy to boot. The, uh, this latest road trip has not quite been the spectacular 5-1-1 one one run they had on that seven-gamer last month, but the Canucks continue to find ways to win. They haven't played quite as well lately, that's for sure, but after J.T. Miller scored late in overtime today in Washington, the Canucks are a respectable 2-1-1 one one with the fifth and final game of the trip coming up Tuesday in Chicago with uh, Nikita Zadorov suspended. Mark Friedman gets into the lineup for the first time in two and a half months. Another early goal given up by the Canucks, though. Former Vancouver Canuck Nick Dowd tips it in. 68 seconds in, sixth great time. Vancouver's given up the game's opening goal. But Thatcher Demko really helped uh, get Vancouver back on the rails. Made a couple of great saves. TJ Oshie walks in untouched. Demko with the pad save. And it's the timing of those to keep it one nothing. Third line. Gets Vancouver back in on this one. Noah Juleson to Connor Garland. Garland, great shot, beating Darcy Kemper for his ninth goal. That's his first point in six games. This line's been buzzing a lot, just haven't had the results. But a great shot by Garland. It's 1-1. Juleson, love this guy's physical play, throwing his weight around, steps into Delta's Beck Mellenstein. 1-1 after one. But Caps get the lead in the second. Dakota Joshua with the turnover. Alex Ovechkin's trying to pass to TJ Oshie, but his pass goes in off Nils Oman. Fifth great game that the grade eight has scored. Now 59 behind Wayne Gretzky for the 894 career goals. But the Canucks answer a minute later. Nils Hoaglander, how good has he been? He's playing with Elias Pettersson today. Takes the drop pass. Check out that little fake. Roofs it. Under the bar, 16th of the year. That's a career high. Every time he scores, it's a new career high. 2-2 after two. Stayed that way into overtime. Caps had some chances, but again, Demko stops Connor McMichael. And then off John Carlson, Demko had 33 saves. It looked like we were headed to do a shootout with just a few seconds left. Egregious clearing pass by the Caps. JT Miller alone in the slot. Fires home the game winner, his 23rd. Canucks win 3-2. They're 11-1-3 in their past 15. Well, it's just a mucky game. You're going to have these games in an 82-game schedule. You know, it's a thought some guys retired, which that means you have to play smart. And we, we turned the puck over a few times halfway through the game. I thought we were a little bit better as the game went on. But some games you got to play when you don't have your legs and you got to play smart. Well, it's just about our efforts. I think, you know, we, we lost in Boston. We had a really good effort. You know, in Detroit, we just had a couple bounces not go our way. And, you know, we followed it up against tonight, you know, even if, you know, that doesn't go in and we lose in the shootout, we had a good effort, you know, like we're, we're, we're uh, you know, pretty aware of when we play well and when we don't, but, uh, you know, that's, that's the best thing about us. When we have a bad effort, we'll follow it up with a good one. All right, Super Bowl 58 from Vegas. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs taking on the 49ers. Chiefs have uh, won last year, of course, and they've won two of the last four Super Bowls. Pretty low event game until late second. Some trickery from the Niners. Lateral pass from Brock Purdy to wide receiver Juwan Jennings, who then fires 
to Christian McCaffrey, who races in for the touchdown. That's their version of the San Fran special, I guess. They had the Philly special a few years ago when they had that great two-point conversion. 10-0 Niners. Taylor Swift getting a little nervous. Her Chiefs not playing that great. Patrick Mahomes really held in check. Gets sacked here. It was 10-3 at the break. And then it's Usher's stage. He sang, he danced, he entertained. Been a bit of a dull game so far. Right now it's close at least, 16-13 Niners in the fourth. We'll have full highlights tonight at 11. And we'll finish with some uh, women's hockey from Minneapolis. Rivalry series, Canada-USA. Americans won the first three games. Canada won the next three, so it's a winner-take-all game seven. It was all Canada. Ashton Bell from the slot made it 3-0. And then while shorthanded, Canada puts it away. Emma Malte going five-hole as Canada thumps the USA 6-1 to win the rivalry series four games to three. And our Canadian women's basketball team did qualify for Paris. They lost their game to Japan. They needed Spain to win over Hungary. Spain was down 25 points, but ended up winning by one. So Canada backs in. They're, uh, I think, just relieved that they got in. So good for them. We got another team in Paris. Yeah, no kidding. All right, Barry, you got a lot in there. I did. I didn't uh, take any breaths. No, no, no. we'll give you a break now. Thank you. And after the break, Jay Durant will introduce us to a bonsai legend. Stay with us. One Richmond facility has the perfect way to spend your Valentine's Day. The Raps Cat Sanctuary is open to the public for two days only to celebrate Valentine's Day. Raps is Canada's largest cat sanctuary and is home to hundreds of felines. The sanctuary is encouraging the public to come down and experience some kitty love. Gerald Rainville is a bonsai legend, the first Westerner to train with a master in Japan, now continuing his devotion to the art decades later. Here's Jay Durant with This is BC. A passion for plants and trees that started with a love of landscaping when Gerald Rainville was just a kid growing up in Quebec. Even when we were little kids, we used to play in the sandbox and we would recreate scenes of different parks in Montreal. But everything changed in his teens when his family hosted a foreign exchange student from Japan who grew up on a bonsai farm. Rainville developed a new interest that took him to Takamatsu in 1980 to train with the master. Well, I was the first foreigner to apprentice in Japan. Nobody had done an apprenticeship yet. They wanted to teach me as much as they could so I could bring it back to Canada. They wanted me to build a Takamatsu nursery in Canada and I had to because they invested so much in me and teaching me and training me. His farm on the Sunshine Coast is now home to several thousand bonsai trees and Gerald is one of the top professionals in North America. Bonsai is not just a plant. Bonsai is a living art. I love when people have never seen bonsai and they come and they see them and they're like, oh my God. Always rewarding to just see how you've turned on a light in people. Give it a little coil, not too tight. While teaching this art it. to many people over the years. Bring the coil right, right to the tip. It takes many lifetimes. The oldest trees in Japan are 1,200, 1,400 years old. So somebody's been growing these trees for centuries. Continuing a legacy that has made his bonsai master very proud. It's our main goal now, it's all we talk about in Japan is how do we stimulate the young people 
to keep this going. They instilled so much in me because the, they were all so passionate. Because bonsai is a way of life. It's not just growing a little tree. Jay Durant, Global News. If you know someone who has a great story to tell, email your ideas to j at thisisbc at globalnews.ca. Well, that was pretty cool. I didn't realize there was such an art to bonsai trees. Uh, yeah, well, they just don't happen, Travis. And, and, you know, <laughs> you gotta, that's impressive. you no, got to yeah, nurture you, them. We both don't have the ability. Uh, any updates to the, uh, the game? Super Bowl is tied, 16-all, with uh, about five minutes left. So, yeah, we'll have highlights at 11, yep. if it ever ends. Exactly. And for now, we'll leave you with the sights and sounds from today's Lunar New Year Parade in Chinatown. Have a great night. daughter just met the fortune god. Mm, that must mean you're gonna have good luck. Yeah. <laughs>